0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Final Tackle podcast. And we've actually got another episode coming at you of The Eagle and the Buck. I'm CJ, the Buck, and we've got Angus, the Eagle. For all of you listeners, Obviously, the buck is because I'm a Broncos fan, and we've got Angus, who is a devout Mongly fan. I'd like to give a big shout-out to the Hoodoo Gurus, who have given us permission to use part of their song, That's My Team, as our new podcast episode intro for all of their music. And whenever they are going live or performing live, head to their Facebook and their Instagram. The links will be in the description below. Be sure to give them a like and a follow as well on Facebook and Instagram. No, no, it's the only way to say it. Um, So today we're going to be talking about the first five rounds, the COVID, everything in between, the rule changes, you name it, we'll be covering it for both teams. Now, um, first of all, I want to mention a big, big shout out to one of our sponsors who's actually a former Manly legend, and that's Steve Menzies. For all of your home loaning needs, car loaning needs, um, assets and commercial loans, head to Citywide. .com.au forward slash steve and he'll be able to get you the best competitive rate for any type of loan that we just mentioned so be sure to go through him and tell him the final tackle sent you now down to fucking brass tacks round one 2020 how did manly go angus Uh, Well, we could not have started the season much worse
1: than what we did, but considering it was against the Melbourne Storm, uh, it was a solid effort, I'd say, but Sunday Arvo footy at Brookvale to start off the season, I was extremely disappointed because, I mean... The scoreline does suggest it was a close game, and it was. It was ridiculously close. In fact, we were leading 4-2 until the 60th minute, mm. but then Melbourne ended up le- uh, winning, of course, 8-4. Eight 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 four. Four. Yep. And it was a solid, resolute effort by the Seagulls. But the thing that really shitted me, and the most disappointing part, is we didn't score a try. Mm. And no, <laughs> for that's the first true. two rounds, um, and for the months that COVID was happening, we were behind every. We were sixteenth on the ladder in terms of tries scored because from our first two games we only scored one try. Yeah. And yeah, that that was a telling point in that one.
0: No, that's 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 fair enough. And who would you say was just stand out for that game? Even though there was honestly really no standouts. Let's. I mean, the <laughs> yeah. like. I'm gonna say there was no standouts, and there was definitely a few could improves for that game in particular. <coughs>
1: <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, well.
0: Like, we'll cover Manly's first five rounds, and then we'll cover the Broncos' first five rounds. They then went over to Leichhardt Oval during COVID crisis with no fans in the stands, but many fans on the sideline with the scaffolding at Leichhardt (laughs) Oval, um, where Manly won in a nail-biting nine points to eight. What were your thoughts on that game? Oh, man, what a game. First of all... um...
1: It was another very close game. The first two games of the season for us uh, were very, very defensive, not very high-scoring, uh, not much doing an attack either, but um, I remember watching that game at home with Dad, and, yeah, the fans on the scaffolding outside leichhardt that was the highlight for me. But oh, also... Yes. Also, the... Um, the uh try from cherry Evans mm-hmm. the, like the really slick over the shoulder inside pass from cherry uh, cherry Evans that that gave it to Tom Tomreboyevich Yes to Score. yep I, I apologize I, I said cherry Evans um and then of course uh, clutch cherry Evans getting I think he he holds the record I think for most uh field goals in golden point it's something like something crazy like eight or nine.
0: The game didn't and, go to uh, golden point though did it
1: Oh, no, my apologies, it didn't.
0: It, um... But he does hold a record with, I think it's like, because he can kick field goals with both feet. Indeed, you're
1: right, yeah, yeah. my apologies. It's something it like was, that. Uh, it was like an 80th minute field goal or something. Yeah, it was, yeah, like, it, it was something but... Something ridiculous.
0: Yeah, and, and I think the record was like, he holds the record for City most... Diff. Yeah, yeah, I think it was like the most field goals kicked with both feet combined, you know, he's kicked like... 18 with the right foot and, like, 18 with the left foot. That's not the exact number, but it's something like that, you know? Yeah,
1: he's, ridic- he's ridiculous with his um clutch plays. one of the most clutch players in the NRL. Yeah, he and can get me- the
0: job done when you need it, like, when it's down to that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He's, like, he's just ice cool under pressure. Anything after the 75th minute when you need a field goal, he's the man to throw it to. Yeah. And um, he him and Tom Trubojevic would be co-standout players for that game because... Not only did Cherry Evans do a lot in the that try saver, and so did Tom. Tom oh, Chapljevic pulled off three incredible try savers, that... including mm. one on Luke Curie when he was about five meters over the try line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, he was dawdling too much. He was about to put it down, and then Tom basically slapped his arm and knocked the ball loose. It that was, was
0: it. Was great,
1: superhuman stuff. But um, if there's anyone I could say didn't explode out of the blocks, it would probably be I I for the first two rounds. Um, I expected more from Danny Levi, our Mm, new hookup. Yes. And I know he's settling into a new club, and I know it's um, tough for him to meld with an entirely new team, but you see what Api Korosau, our old hooker, is doing with the Panthers. Exactly. a lot of commentators are calling him already the buy of the season. Mm. And so for him to be performing so well at his new club and for Danny Levi to kind of be more mediocre than anything else most of the time it was a little bit uh disappointing to see the contrast of those two uh, in the first two rounds but that's really nitpicking because we performed really well in that game as a team
0: yes yes and then um covid hit obviously and it Mm. and it hit hard and there was two and a bit months between round two and round three (laughs) so more or less an off season a bit of a rest as well um, and then they went back to training. And then we had Manly taken on the Bulldogs at Central Coast Stadium on the 31st of May, which the Manly seals just ran away with it, 32-6 to 6 victors. What's your wrap-up on that?
1: Oh, yeah, close one. Um, I was Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was really worried in the 70th minute when Jake Avarillo scored for the Bulldogs. I was like, oh, no, are they going to come back? <laughs> But no, 32 to 6. And how many kicks
0: did um, Ruben Garrick miss?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that wasn't our strong suit, that one. I mean, 32 to 6, we came out of the blocks really firing that round and scored seven tries. Tom Draboyevich with an early double. Brad Parker also picked up two. Just an all-round fantastic team effort from the Seagulls. The Bulldogs looked like they had no chance right from the start. I think it was one of our first sets of six after a penalty that... um, Moses Sulley gave that fend on the left after a great mm-hmm. offload from Curtis siren and sent Tom Chaboyevich over to score, and that was pretty much the Aussie theme wrote, of the round. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and honestly,
0: was- I, I, my standout for that game—sorry to interrupt—was Brad Parker. Even mm. though, even though Turbo yes scored two tries and and was good in defence, Brad Parker for that game in particular was my um, my man of the match for that game. Um, but also, the man in the match for that game was definitely Jake Avarillo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but nah. He got the
1: points for the Bulldogs. But yes, I couldn't agree more with you, CJ. Brad Parker had an absolute storming game. For a guy who's really polarised opinion since he debuted for Manly a couple of years ago, mm. he's really coming into his own on the on the edge there on in, with the number three jumper. He I even mean,
0: did quite definitely... well against the Broncos last week.
1: Yeah, he is. He's a considering he was one of the most average first graders just a couple of years ago, he really turned things around last year and he's performing really well in the number three jumper. I mean, he's doing well enough that he keeps um, Dylan Walker at five. That's what
0: I mean, yeah. He's, he's making the number three jumper his own, like, when, n- to the point where I'm now, whenever I go, and whenever I watch a manly game, I'm expecting to see number three being ginger, being the ginger ninja, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, Hank Scorpio, as they like to call him. Yeah, yeah. From the Simpsons, yep. the Ringer guy. Yep. But um, if, if as much as we performed fantastically as a team, there is still quite an obvious standout for the worst performer in that game, and that's got to be Ruben Garrick and his mm-hmm. goal kicking. I mean, I love you, Ruben. You were one of our best last year. You were one of, you were you were one of the best rookies in the comp. Uh, but I don't know if it was a bit of rustiness after such a long break. That seems to be most logical. But still, yeah, probably <laughs> kicking two from seven is just, oh, it's almost inexcusable. Cause, I don't know why
0: they didn't change the goal kicker after he missed that third one in a row.
1: Honestly, yeah, because we do have some qualified goal kickers in Dylan Walker and Cherry Evans. Yeah. who could have slotted in and tried to pick it up after, you know, obviously saw how out of form Ruben was. But yeah, two from seven in a time where goal kicking can be the difference between a win and a loss. 100% luckily in this game in... it wasn't. Yeah, l- but, <laughs> luckily. Um... But if, if it was <laughs> yeah. the
0: Broncos game and it, would, and it went that way, you know... It could have really fucking cost him, you know. Um, but yeah, and then the next round, you went up against Parramatta in a very, very controversial oh. last five minutes. Um, yeah. Now, the jury is still out on whether they would have actually scored or not because they have said that the two defenders, Sean Lane, and I think it was Dylan Brown, did hear the whistle and, you, and visible footage, you did see them pull back that they heard it so whether or not he would have actually gone on to score or not is another thing however it definitely was not a forward pass what are your thoughts on that game it it was a nail biter
1: oh it was I was um absolutely shitting myself the whole time I mean I was a bit peed off at half time considering the Eels were leading us uh, 12-2 I believe at half time Mm -hmm. and uh yeah it was just really frustrating to watch and um a lot of people are throwing out the phrase robbed which I agree at the at the end of it the call did rob us from victory but we should have played a lot better for the opening first minutes I was going to say it,
0: it didn't necessarily rob you of victory because again the try like obviously now it's you can literally look in hindsight like and actually watch it, like, would it have been a try or not? We don't know, because as I said, Sean Lane and Dylan Brown did pull back, visibly, because they heard the whistle, and there was already a player there, so if those three, all up together, had got there and could have potentially saved the, saved the try, Um but also at the same time, he could have easily scored it, so it, it's literally a matter of 2019 Grand Final style, like, would it have happened? I don't know, so let lying dogs sleep, but at the same time, you can't help but feel, sorry, feel you know, the hurt for the Manly supporters. As much as you massive... don't want to. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know, I know. Everyone hates Manly. That's a big gig. But I was seeing, like, even Melbourne Storm fans commenting, saying, oh, man, Manly got a rough go yeah. there. And, like, it, it's a massive what-if, really, because it was a great pass from Tommy, really. And mm. the more telling part of it that I say to everyone who has said, oh, it was forward for sure, the most telling part that the touch he should have been onto himself was the fact that Tom passed it from behind the line, but Ruben also caught it behind the line, mm-hmm. behind the 40 or 30 metre line or wherever he passed it from. Yep. I thought that should have been the damning evidence to conclude to the touchy that it should have been play on. And yep. even if he was stopped, we could have had a couple more plays to try and score. Yeah, at least that. two or
0: three more, yeah. Um, and talking about round five, sorry, round oh, yeah. so, sorry, round four, Sorry, uh, the Broncos got absolutely wrecked. 59 (laughs) nil by the roosters um let's talk about that quite a few records were broken that night the broncos were for the first time held scoreless at their home ground the roosters got the record of the biggest win over the broncos the broncos suffered their biggest loss in history Uh, many records were broken unfortunately not in the broncos favor um and i personally from a broncos fan point have never seen a more depleted team during that game not in the sense of skills because everyone was the whole the excuse was oh we've got a young forward pack the most experienced forward was pain hearts no that that doesn't matter they genuinely didn't have the heart there was no huddle at the end when they scored those last two tries they didn't even bother to huddle and try and talk you know like a you know let's keep No, they just literally did their own thing and that shows a team that's given up at the by the end of that game you, you can't do that because there's fans watching at home, you know. Um, however, though, round five, the Broncos did come back and they came back hard. Um, they did, unfortunately, score all of their points in the first half, which just goes to show how much on the, you know, they thought, right, let's play hard. Actually got Manly on the back foot in, in the first half, I believe, because Manly, I think, in the first half, Went in with the mentality of, oh, this will be an easy win because they got smashed mm. last week. Um, you know, or mainly, you know, and so they were complacent and thought, you know, we could easily put two tries on them, uh, you know, sort of thing. But no, the Broncos came out and came out hard. 18, I think it was 18 0 or 18 2, something like that at halftime. And honestly, Broncos. Uh, 18 4. Yeah, sorry, yeah, the Broncos looked red hot. Um, then obviously, I straight up was even sanding me, mates, as I was watching it, I was like, look, the Broncos came out hard first half, but mainly you're going to win this and one of them was a devout Manly fan, and they go, um, nah, fucking, they're shit tonight. The, the Met Broncos are going to win. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, mate. The Broncos came out hard because they had to make a statement. But mm. Manly will come back at, at second half and fuck them up. And what did they do? They come up and put 16 points to none in the second half and won it. Yeah. Um, it was a very good, hard-fought win, though, because to come back 16 points down is a very hard fucking effort to do. So, yeah, um, very good win by Manly, but also very, very promising signs for the Broncos from that round. And now the Broncos, and since then, obviously, the Broncos lost Andrew McCulloch the week before. Um, They have gained Isaac Luke because Jake Turpin has um, fucked himself up with a leg fracture. Um, Oof. So Isaac Luke is making his debut this week, not in the number nine, but on the bench. Um, so they'll probably take off Corey Pakes. I'd say about uh, either half time or maybe 20 minutes in, see how Isaac Luke handles the game. Um, but I think it's good because he was he'll be much happier at Brisbane because he moved for his family because he had kids up there. He has his he had his other kids down with him in in Wollongong, and he wanted to literally reunite all of his five kids together and live. As a, you know, happy happy wife, happy life sort of family with his kids. <laughs> um, so moving to Brisbane was has always been his goal. And if he gets paid to still play, technically for the Broncos, that will also help his mentality. Um, so because, yeah, I think it's going to be a good thing for him. I don't know whether he'll perform heaps. Well, I'm not going to say, fuck yeah, he's the best signing for the Broncos or anything, but I can definitely say we can see probably good things from the Broncos in the next two to three weeks. What yeah, are your thoughts like on it. that?
1: I can definitely say it's a great signing for the Broncos because since McCulloch left, what you guys have lacked in spades is experience. Mm-hmm. And, oh, because um,
0: we also had Alex Glenn out the last few rounds from injuries. So we also lacked mm-hmm. that experience because he's got the same amount of experience as old mate.
1: Yeah, that's so. right. And, um, but yeah, Isaac Luke, he's been around a long time. He spent many years
0: at South. So he's he been around him. longer. I think he'll actually be the most experienced player in the Broncos team, making him... Apart from Boyd? No, I mean more than Boyd. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm going to quickly check, but you you, you keep talking about uh, Manly Raiders while I quickly Google this for us.
1: Oh, yeah, this is a tough game to pick. And, um, oh, man, I don't know who's going to win this. It's always a real close game between Manly and Raiders. Just thinking back to the incredible meetings we had with them in the 2017 season where both games went to golden point, uh, we won both, just quietly, but um, <laughs> both games we played against the Raiders in 2017, went to Golden Point. Uh, we beat them quite convincingly in 2018, which is Sorry to cut quite... you off real
0: quick. Um, so, oh, yes. Darius Boyd is one year younger than Isaac Luke, however, Darius Boyd got his debut the year before Isaac Luke. Ah, uh, there you go. So, so um... Um, yeah, what I was going to say, um, so he's he debuted in 06, and Isaac Luke debuted in 07, um, freaking Darius Boyd has played a total of 322 games so mm. far I mean that's including the games this year and Isaac Luke has played a total of 274 so combined wow. they've played over 550 games which is really good experience that we'll have in the team so I think that'll help boost it as well so I continue with the Raiders and Manly which it literally is a flip of the coin at the moment because the Raiders now also have... Um, They've got Jack Whiten backing up from last week, um, even with that eye. So, honestly, they might want to keep an eye on that Jack Iten. Um And they also may... Um, they've also got... What's his name? Um, Horsburgh back. in Horsburgh. You know <laughs> last week, he, he had a bout of gastro. Um, but, yeah, he'll be rough and ready to go.
1: The raging ranger, Corey Horsburgh. the Raiders. Corey Horsepower,
0: <laughs> uh, Horsburgh
1: horsepower. Yeah, honestly um, even though Manly have won the last five in a row against the Raiders um, I don't think I'm I'm leaning more towards the Raiders in this game. Manly in their last two games have been very unconvincing um, especially against the Broncos last week. We really got out of jail Mm. in that game. uh, That's for sure considering, oh well me and dad being Manly fans were really, I wouldn't say shocked because I was expecting the Broncos to bounce back but we were kind of disappointed and a little bit embarrassed by how much they dominated us in the first half
0: mm. it really
1: was a tale of two frustrating halves, It the first really half was frustrating was, for Manly I mean, fans, second, second half was, was frustrating, frustrating Broncos fans. for Broncos yep. fans um, but yeah, the Raiders and the Sea Eagles, Raiders are in red hot form, they beat Storm a couple of weeks ago smashed them in Melbourne George Williams is a freak Jack Whiten's fabulous as well um I really it's gonna be a close one. It always is against between Manly and Raiders. Mm, but
0: it's gonna be a flip uh, of the coin, I reckon.
1: Yeah, so but honestly, as a Manly fan, considering how unconvincing we've been since the competitions restarted, apart from the massive win over the Bulldogs, which I mean that was a given anyway. Um The Raiders, honestly, I'm leaning more towards with my tip for this weekend.
0: Okay. Um, And then we've got the Knights taking on the Broncos tomorrow at Central Coast Stadium. So we've got um, Andrew McCulloch taking on his former club already. Um, We've also got a few other former Broncos taking on the Broncos tonight, sorry, Thursday, including Gehamat Shibasaki. We've also got um, Himal Hunt, uh, Herman S.A.S.A., all former Broncos taking on their former club. Um, and we've also got some experience back in the Broncos side. You know, we've got Tavita Pangai Jr., Joe and hangawi We've got Ben Teo, who's made a comeback last week from Rugby Union, but ha- has the experience of winning the 2014 Grand Final with the Rabbitohs, played at the Broncos previously. You know, we've got Alex Glenn, we've got Payne Haas, we've got um, Anthony Milford, Brody Croft, um, Darius Boyd. We actually have a lot, and Corey Oates. We have a solid amount of experience, I think, to get us over the line. I honestly being it being at Central Coast Stadium and the Broncos played at Central Coast Stadium last week they'll be used to the weather down here by now. Um I personally think the Broncos are going to win. I'm going to tip the Knights purely because the Knights may have that edge, but the Broncos by 4 to 6 points is my tip. Ooh. Yeah. Um, is there
1: any bias in that tip?
0: No, there's not. Um I just think the they don't have like the the Broncos have don't get me wrong, fuckloads of experience in their side. And so do the Knights, because they've got Clemmer, Pierce, McCulloch, but the rest are quite young. Like the last, they've only been playing for about three or four years. You know, mm. they've got Ponga, while yes, being a great fullback, has only been a fullback for about three or four years. You know, and then mm. you've got Kurt Mann. He's not, he's experienced, but again, not too experienced. Like the spine, like the. the Two Most experienced players in the spine are um, Pierce and McCulloch. Mm. You know, and obviously, you've got the experience of Clemmer, but you've got. I, I just personally think the Broncos will, will get there. They'll be hungry for the win because they came close to it last week. Um, they tasted a little bit of the lead. Um, and now, again, with, with Joey O coming back, we got Ben Teo, Tavita Pangai Jr., Alex Glenn, Payne Haas. Fucking, he's a pain in any team's hearse when he plays <laughs> against him, you know. I knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah. We, and also with Isaac Luke, fucking, honestly, it's... Yeah. It's, I reckon it'll, it, it will be a win to the Broncos, but I'm tipping the Knights purely because the Knights are also so unpredictable. And after coming off a loss from last week, I think they'll be wanting to get the win as well. So, yeah. Um so you're tipping the raiders are you
1: yeah honestly i'm leaning more towards the raiders against manly this weekend even though like i said earlier manly have won the last five against the raiders Mm -hmm. we beat them them twice in golden point in 2017 then we beat them i think we only played them once in 2018 and we beat them quite convincingly which is weird because that was our shit season (laughs) uh and then last year we played them twice um beat them in a very close game at uh, brookvale and then beat them in an even closer game in Canberra, which, I mean, after that game, a lot of the people were saying, oh, Manly, they they got to be competition favourites now. They've beaten the Raiders, they've beaten the Storm. Um, honestly, they overrated us a little bit after that, or should I say overrated us? <laughs> uh, Fuck. <laughs> but, um, yeah, despite Manly getting in, getting in the W column a lot against the Raiders, um, I reckon they've all been very close games and the Raiders, I'm expecting to win by only like two or four points. It'll be extremely close. but Yeah, I reckon it'll be a flip of
0: the coin sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, Manly have been pretty unconvincing in... I mean, they had two victories um, since the competition restarted. One of them was very convincing over the Bulldogs. The other one was, I think we got very lucky uh, against the Broncos um, and in the game against the Eels. It's just like we need to make a good start or, or else I don't think we'll have a chance against the Raiders.
0: Yeah, that's true. And speaking of the restart, um, what are your thoughts on the new rules since the restart? So the one ref, well, back to one ref, and the six again. I personally love both because I feel like the mm. six again complements the one ref style. Um, I just, I, I personally love it. It's showing signs of early 2000s. Um, mid 2000s style of footy it's a lot more faster paced Um, yeah that six again rule really does help clubs when like there's no like I love it when refs call it on the first tackle it's like eh (laughs) but like it's really cool seeing them get it like on their third or fourth tackle that really puts the other team on the back foot because you know they've just done three tackles and now they've got to do another fucking six tackles sort of thing you know it's like well fuck so what are your thoughts on that? Oh, absolutely. I love both of them as well.
1: But uh, yeah, in the first round, I found the six again rule to be a little bit hard to keep track of. But it was brand new at the time. And, you know, no one really completely understood it at the time. But now it's just like it's a staple in the game. You never know when it's going to happen because. I love
0: seeing it happen the when game. the team's in, like, the, the other team's 10, 10 to 20 meters. And it really tests how they're going to go with the um, defending on their line for another set, you know?
1: Absolutely. And commentators and fans alike for years have been saying, we need to find a way to keep the game flowing. The, there's too many penalties in the game. It's so stop-start. We need something to keep the action happening while also penalising a team for, you know, infringing at the same yeah. time. And I, think, and I think they found th- the
0: perfect blend of it they with really the six have. again. And now there has been one instance, not last week but the week before, where a player they got caught because they were holding in the ruck like holding too long they the ref called blue six again but then the players still held on even longer you know like to genuinely <clears throat> intentionally held longer and then the penalty was blown and I think that's the right way to do it you know Brr, you know fucking um, six again because you know ruck infringement but then he still was genuinely fucking with him and holding him, and I reckon, okay, that's a penalty, you know. Do the six again mm. call, and if they still don't fucking get it out of the way, then blow the penalty. What are your thoughts on that sort of way?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's good to let let um things escalate. Um, mm. Minor infringements, of course, it's relatively a play on situation with yeah. the six again call. But if it's something that like almost intentionally slows down play, and or if it's something that really you can't immediately keep the game going after the infringement mm. then definitely that's the time to blow a penalty um, yeah i agree yeah, for, for sure if it's like a, it's like an escalation kind of like if it's minor yeah six again play on basically. and if they keep doing
0: it even in the in that same tackle then it's a penalty yeah
1: yeah exactly and i think that's a really good system i reckon it's working so far yeah I, i've seen some teams namely the melbourne storms trying to test the waters to see what they can get away with earlier in a set without mm-hmm. the 6-again call. Yep. Sometimes it's backfired, but sometimes, like, the Maestro Cameron Smith always does, gets away with it. Because
0: <laughs> he, um, he, like, yeah. Let's... Yeah,
1: so... But, uh, yeah, it's good to see teams are kind of, like, trying to feel their way around these new rules, and uh, it's working really well for the league, I reckon. It's a great innovation.
0: I can't remember what team it was. I think it was actually Para. Against Penrith, I may have, I may be wrong, or it was Penrith against Parramatta. One of the two, where the they were like, look, or it may have been the Warriors. I'm honestly not sure, but they had the six again called, and they were like, look, sir, you know, they were talking to the ref, being polite. They're like, look, sir, can you just literally instead of calling six again, just give us the penalty?
1: Yeah, they were getting buggers.
0: Yeah, and yeah. and he was just like, no, because the rules aren't that anymore, <laughs> you know. Mm. It's like you got to be yeah. really fit. You got to be fit again, yeah.
1: And I noticed actually in uh, round 3, the first game back, uh, the Thursday night game, I forget who was playing, uh, I remember it was Jerry Sutton refereeing. It was Parramatta
0: and the Broncos.
1: Ah, there you go, of course. And uh, How'd that one work out?
0: Mm. (laughs) Yep.
1: Um, (laughs) uh, Not too good for Broncos
0: fans, but honestly the week after was a lot worse
1: oh yeah it's like oh don't worry son we can't get any worse than this neck minute the yeah. Roosters come along <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. but, um, but the uh, Roosters uh, fucked the Bulldogs up on Monday and honestly the Roosters are, are honestly I reckon they they won't go back to back to back they won't get the three-peat but they will be there in the finals time this year again though 100% oh, absolutely.
1: I reckon they'll at least make the prelims yeah but, at least um, yeah I, I I don't know if it's more me not wanting them to get a threepeat or me like logically thinking, oh yeah, they can't go three in a row. There's much. Wouldn't
0: it be teams. amazing if they made the grand final, and the grand final was against Parramatta? And what Oof. would what would be even better is because the last time a team went three in a row grand finals was Parramatta.
1: Yeah, you're right. So if pa- 82, 83.
0: Yeah, so if Parramatta were to be the team that stopped the Roosters from getting that three-peat and win the Grand Final themselves, oh, mate, nipples just got hard.
1: <laughs> what a story, what a story. And then for all the Para fans that have been waiting 30-plus years to yeah, win as well. Yeah, exactly. That's... Is, it's by far the strongest start they've had to a season in a long it, time.
0: Since literally 86 was the last time they went five from five.
1: Oh, there you go. Uh, Para fans, uh, I I saw there was a surge in grand final tickets, mainly from the Western Sydney area. So uh, (laughs) I reckon, yeah, Para could be up there. They're definitely up there. there They're at least
0: definite contenders, at least. Like, they are the Raiders of last year. They are definite contenders, you know. Mm, It's just a matter of how the rest of their season pans out. But honestly, it's going to take a lot for them to get out of the top eight given that they won five in a row. You know, they're going to have to lose two or three in a row just to get down to tenth.
1: They'll have to have a dragon-sized choke to
0: miss out on <laughs> the <Yeah>. here. <laughs> oh, fuck, though. And talking to the Dragons, they had a good win on the weekend, a very much-needed win. Um, honestly, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I'm so
1: pissed off. Because that's the game that cost you
0: the the perfect round?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I tipped the Sharks, and that was the only game I got wrong last round. So I got 7 out of 8. And um, yeah, fair play to the Dragons. They had to win sometime, and they did it really well on Sunday Arvo footy. I
0: reckon if they'd have lost, it would have been Mary's head on the chopping board. Literally. Oh, absolutely! That it was—it it was, was—it was on the chopping board the week before, but this week it was definitely—if a, if you don't win, you are literally see you later, you know? Yeah,
1: absolutely. It was like the last straw. They need. But to did before.
0: anyone else notice that weird fucking lineup? You know, like Corey Norman yeah, was number yeah. had the number six on his back was but was playing fullback, right? No, was playing winger. Um, Ben Hunt came from the bench, but somehow it just. And oh sorry no um, Dufty was playing fullback but he was number 20 something right but old yeah. mate old mate Norman was on the wing wearing number 6 right we had Hunt with number fucking 7 Um, and it, 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 but it worked yeah it,
1: it was, worked it was so
0: he's, he's gone with the same system for this week and but it worked so that's why I'm really torn whether I want to tip the dragons or not Um, also that's pretty much all the time we have for today's episode but are there any, um, who do you think is going to be the shock win of the week this week coming up? And who do you think is going to be the shock loss of the week?
1: Oh, well, I mean, there is a bottom of the table clash between the Titans and the Dragons. So a
0: battle of the cellar dollars.
1: Yeah, really. Eh? Um, that's going to be a close one or it's going to be a high scoring one. But... Yeah, <laughs> you're not <laughs> wrong. It's gonna be like shit attack or shit defense. Either way, it's gonna be.
0: It's in Suncorp.
1: You know, it's at Suncorp. It's on the Gold Coast. Yeah, I reckon the. Shul- no, it's not. Suncorp
0: is in Brisbane, dude.
1: Uh, I, might do, I do apologize. It's, um, <laughs> it's, meant to say, it's still you know, a Titans home game. Say, it's a I'm Gold meant to Coast home it game. it's in Queensland. Yes. Sorry, I meant to say. That's Queensland in
0: Queensland. In
1: Queensland. <laughs> That's in Queensland. But, um, honestly, yeah, the Titans are due win as well. Like, the Dragons will be, you know, rolling on. They've got form now. They've won a game. The Titans, you know... Have course, won a game. <laughs> they've won a game. It's time to see who wins games, more than one game. So, yeah. <laughs> the shock win of the round, I reckon, could be um, the Titans over the Dragons. But, um, who knows? As well as the shock loss, I reckon, could be... If Manly get up, it could be the Raiders with the shock loss of the round. Okay. But I don't really see that happening, because I, I reckon the Raiders will just have us on Sun- Sunday Arvo.
0: I'm picking the Panthers to beat the Storm, to be the shock loss, as in as in Panthers to beat the Storm, um, as the shock, like the shock loss being Storm losing to the Panthers, and the mm. win, like the, the shock win, like that no one will predict. I reckon will either be one of two games. It'll either be the Dragons over the Titans, or the Warriors over the Rabbitohs.
1: Oh. You know, you know what else could be a shock win? Broncos over the Knights.
0: Yeah, I mean, one can only hope, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely. All right, Might well... great form. Yeah, they are. Um, And Broncos are in the, the total opposite of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, on that note, I'm going to end it there. Uh, thank you for joining me, Angus. The Buck. The Buck. Fucking Angus. The <laughs> Eagle. Or if you were the Buck. Holy Buck. Um,
1: I thought, I thought you called me the Butt for a second there, and I was like, hey.